0: Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, Okuo. Before we get started, I would just like to take a moment to thank Abel for leading us in the message last week. We all enjoyed it, so much so that he's gonna be on every week of our next series right we're gonna have him like seven weeks in a row (laughs) no i i I, he won't i'm just saying that because i know he would freak out when i said that and i'm pretty sure he just did right now he will be back on soon enough but just not like that many times in a row anyway we find ourselves in the middle of this series called the beginning now this series gets its inspiration from the word that god told us to live by here to kuo for the year 2022 and that word is sturdy. And we've been saying this all year, but Akuo, we gotta be sturdy. And to be sturdy, we will need to make sure that we are first built on the right foundation. Because it does not matter how well we are put together if we don't have the right foundation, right? You could be the most solid thing put together, but if you're just teetering on something, you'll get blown away really easily. And we see Jesus talk about this exact concept in a parable. He said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes and torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So for us to be sturdy in 2022, it's really simple. Jesus is what we build upon. He's the one that we lean our whole lives on. We want to continue thinking through that every single day. But before we go any further, let's just take a moment to stop and pray for this message that we're about to receive from God. So Jesus, just thank you for today. I thank you for the time that you've given to us here I pray that that my words would be the exact words that you want everyone to hear. I pray that everyone that would hear this message would be able to get to know you just a little bit better and understand your love for them just a little bit better, Lord. We thank you for everything. We love you. And we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So as we press on into this series, I know that we are getting to something Great. We are all preparing for this big event, which had me start thinking about all the ways that we have to prepare and all the ways that we use prep time to get ready for a big event. I mean, think about it. If you have to go to a wedding or quince or interview or first date or give a big presentation, think about that. Think about all the thought that goes into being ready for this event. I mean, you'll probably put some thought into the venue and what it's going to look like and what you should be expecting when you get there. You'll probably put some thought into what you're going to wear and you'll probably put some thought into the things you're going to say when you get there, right? Like you want to think about that conversation you're going to have. You're going to think about how you're going to present yourself when you're there. And normally events like this just aren't things you show up to without any prior thought. You need some prep time. And so what is your process? of getting ready for big events like this how much does it change from event to v- to event how much prep time do you need to get ready for these things now or like what are what are some of the staples like what will you do every single time no matter what the event is right i mean i'm probably ma- uh, you'll, you'll probably make sure that your hair is going to like look really nice right i would imagine some of the the ladies are going to have some makeup on and, and all of us are going to do our best to be wearing some nice clothes. Normally, right? Normally, there's a lot that goes into us preparing for an event like this, right? And as we continue to read through the life and ministry of Jesus, we see him moving closer and closer to a huge event. And even Jesus, the Son of Man, God walking in the flesh here on this earth, he had to get prepared for that event as well. He needed his own prep time. And today we'll be looking at the 10th chapter of the account of Jesus' life as written by his friend and disciple John. Now for us to fully understand this, we're going to need a little bit of context. At this point in Jesus' life, his ministry has just kept growing and growing. He's been performing miracle after miracle, and the most amazing one just happened. He raised Lazarus from the dead. And last week, Abel walked us through that, and we learned that this was the final straw for the leaders of the church in Jerusalem. They felt like they had no other choice but to make sure they killed Jesus. And after Lazarus came out of that tomb, they started planning for Jesus' demise. On the other side, Jesus had just shown his disciples, Lazarus' family, friends, and all of the random members of the crowd something that they had never seen before. So they did what most people would do after seeing something so amazing, they threw a party. And it wasn't just any party, it was a party specifically in Jesus' honor. Lazarus' sister Martha had this huge meal cooked up and ready to go. So when the guest of honor, Jesus, shows up and sits down, something happens. Something happens that gets everyone's attention there at the party. Let's take a look at how the disciple John recorded it. Here's what he wrote. Then Mary, Lazarus' other sister, took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. So let's stop right there and take a look at what happens. So Lazarus's other sister was so overjoyed with Jesus bringing their brother back to life. She does this. She opens up something that is as valuable as a year's wages and uses it for Jesus. Can you imagine doing that? Imagine something as valuable as what you make an entire year and then just handing it over to Jesus. That's what she just did right here. And it's more than just a nice gift that she's giving to Jesus, so much more. You see, this act of putting oil on someone is known as something called anointing. We see it happen in the the Jewish scripture for sure, when God tells the prophet Samuel that a young man named David would be the next king of Israel. As soon as God tells Samuel that, he goes and pours oil over his head to represent God calling this person the blessing of God coming upon him. And in this instance, Mary is on the ground anointing Jesus' feet, which is a way to show that she herself is below Jesus, but still wants to anoint the person that he is and what he will do for them. At this moment, Mary is telling the world that she believes Jesus is the Messiah, the one that had come to save them. This act as beautiful as it is, was also a little bit scandalous. You see, normally Jewish women never unbound their hair in public since loose hair was a sign of loose morals. Mary didn't care though. Her love for Jesus was so much greater than all of the peer pressure that was on her to act a certain way. Now the other part that we see creating a stir is the amount of value that is used in this moment. It isn't looked at highly by all of Jesus' disciples. Judas, the one that would betray Jesus, didn't like it at all. He wanted the oil sold so he could give it to the poor. Now the real reason for this protest was that Judas was regularly skimming money off the top and keeping it for himself. So as Judas makes a fuss, this is how Jesus responded, in a way that few people at that time really saw coming. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus, rise from the dead. Then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too, for it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. Now the first thing I wanna point out here is Jesus, once again, is standing up for a woman. He's making sure that no man is using their position to leverage or intimidate a woman to feel a certain kind of way. Jesus stands in between Mary and in front of Judas and lets everyone know who he sides with. This moment is being used to show the difference between the people that believed in Jesus and how they acted and how the people that didn't believe in him and actually wanted him dead. You see, in this moment, Judas is more worried about the earthly possessions he could have with the money that he would steal from them than he was about the kingdom Jesus was about to establish. The leading priests that were there were only worried about maintaining their earthly power their positions granted them. They didn't care about what Jesus was in the middle of doing. They didn't care who he actually was. They were so fired up about this that they wanted to make sure that Lazarus was dead too. And he didn't even do anything wrong. He was totally innocent in this situation. He just died and then woke up. Like, what did he do? However, he is the proof for all of these people. He is the proof of Jesus' power. So the leading priests need Lazarus dead too. Now, on the other side of this, Mary could not have cared less about how valuable the oil she poured out was. Mary could not have cared less about what the people would think about her undoing her hair. All Mary cared about was honoring Jesus with everything she had. This enraged all of the Jewish leaders like the Pharisees. And the more that Jesus was loved by the people, the more he was hated by the religious elite. Now there's another piece that we haven't fully addressed yet. Jesus explained what this anointing was really for. Now Mary might not have meant to do this as an, or might have meant to do this as an act of honor and love, but Jesus explains that this will be used for his preparation. Jesus needed prep time as well for his death and his burial. And this actually makes me think back to the small detail that John included about the, the oil as Mary put it on Jesus. John mentioned that the house was filled with the fragrance. And because it wasn't just any kind of oil that Mary was using, it was perfumed oil. That means that this stuff probably smelled amazing. It was probably a pleasing aroma, which connects back to something that would happen in the temples. You see, to get right with God, the people would need to have a priest make a sacrifice on their behalf. And when this person would be found in sin, they would have to go get a goat to be sacrificed and completely burned. And the idea was that this aroma that was given off from this burnt goat would go up and raise up to God, would float up to God, and it would be pleasing to him. This sacrifice was done in an effort to renew the relationship between perfectly holy God and that sinful person. And I think that's why this is mentioned. Jesus was getting prepped to be that sacrifice for us, to be that wonderful aroma that would go up to God on our behalf. The other reason that this makes sense is that in the tomb, people prepared the dead with a wide variety of fragrant herbs and spices to help them decompose in the best way possible and smell in the least way possible. This perfume points directly to this idea that Jesus is getting prepared to die. I mean, he kind of takes all the fun out of this party, right? But here's another thing that popped out at me while reading through this section. And it's really more practical than anything else. Jesus explains that his time with those people is limited. And Mary is doing her best to honor Jesus in the time that she has with them. Akuo. It is a good idea to express our love for people we appreciate to the people we have around us now. We don't know how much time we will get to spend with our loved ones. So make sure that you love them the best way you can. Flowers at a funeral are nice, but flowers before the funeral are even better. Okay, let's let's get back to Jesus. So the day after the party is done, they go to Jerusalem. And it's not just that Jesus and the disciples are, are headed that way. Just by themselves, it's Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and all the people in their village of Bethany that decided to believe in Jesus. They are all headed to Jerusalem because of the big festival of Passover that is happening. Now this festival is a celebration of how God saved the Jewish people while they were living as slaves in the nation of Egypt. The leader of the Jewish people, Moses, was given clear instructions from God to go before Pharaoh and ask to be released, right? If you've ever seen that movie, The Ten Commandments, it's let my people go, right? However, the Pharaoh, really enjoyed all the free slave labor he was getting from the nation of Israel. So he he told Moses, hard passing that one, bro. Now to convince Pharaoh to let them go, God unleashed nine plagues in the nation of Egypt. But Pharaoh's heart had been hardened and he would not free the people of Israel. So there was one last plague that God was going to unleash on Egypt. The plague of the firstborn. Each and every firstborn son in the nation of Egypt would be struck down, unless a family slaughtered a young, innocent, and blameless lamb in a very specific way. Then the blood of the lamb must be spread on the top and two sides of the front door of their house. This is how it is explained in the Jewish scripture book called Exodus. Here God says, on that night I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt for I am the Lord. But the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. This is a day to remember. Each year, from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord This is a law for all time. So this is the festival that Jesus and this crowd that's following him is walking into. This is basically like their Easter, but mixed with like fiesta at the same time. So as they walk into Jerusalem, a buzz starts to happen. People start to hear that Jesus is there. Then those people tell other people and so on and so forth. And this creates a huge crowd around Jesus to go with the huge crowd that was already following him into the city, right? It'd be like if Dwayne the Rock Johnson was the Grand Marshal at the Fiesta Flambeau Parade. And at the end of the parade, he got off the float and was high-fiving and signing autographs and taking pictures and doing that whole thing. And then directly from there, he walked into Nyosa. Imagine all of the people that would be there. And imagine all the people that would crowd around him as he walked into this new event. Imagine the excitement all of them would have to see someone that would electrify audiences the way he did. That is what Jesus is walking into in Jerusalem. Then something else happened. Let's take a look at John's account to read the full story. So the next day, the news that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming riding on a donkey's colt. So the people of Israel are hyped that Jesus is there so much so that they start to sing songs over him and wave palms in the air. Now, what they are singing is almost the exact song that would be sung by the choir in the temple during the festival of the booths. Remember, we we talked about this a couple weeks ago. That was the same festival where Jesus told everyone that he was the living water and the light of the world. So this song would be called out during the festival of the booths, as a priest would draw water out of the pool of Siloam and pour it out onto the altar. Essentially, what these people are doing was yelling out to anyone within an earshot that they believed that Jesus was a living water. And by waving the palms in the air, they were also referencing this festival, the same festival where they would build these booths, these, these shelters with palm trees and explaining and honoring where God took care of Israel in the wilderness. So once again, they're letting the world know by waving their palms that Jesus is the provision for them while they are in this new wilderness. In addition to that, the palms were a very big deal for the Jewish people. They would appear on coins and and their use probably signaled popular belief that Israel's Messiah had appeared in the form of Jesus. The Jewish people would regard palm branches as symbols of victory and triumph, and that's what they're waving as Jesus walks into Jerusalem. Then you add in Jesus entering Jerusalem on this donkey's colt. This is a direct fulfillment of a prophecy found in the book of Jewish scripture, Zechariah. There the prophet says, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous. And victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. I will remove the battle chariots from Israel and the war horses from Jerusalem. I will destroy all the weapons used in battle, and your king will bring peace to the nations. So, this is more confirmation in who Jesus is the one that was sent to save, the new king of the world. The prep time was over. Now that Jesus had entered Jerusalem, this was the beginning of the final act of Jesus's ministry while he was here on this earth. And Jesus used this time to make one final appeal to the crowd, to give them one last chance to believe. And here's what Jesus had to say. Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me, because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But this is the very reason I came. Father, bring glory to your name. So here Jesus explains that he is going to be the seed that dies and produces more plants that produce more plants in this world. That he doesn't care for his life, but rather the eternity of everyone else. Then he calls us to do the same. Jesus asks us to live our lives in the same way. He doesn't want us to focus on the world that is around us like Judas and the Pharisees, but rather like Mary, focused on Jesus so much that she would give away something that would be valued at an incredibly high value, at an incredibly high level. And Jesus then shows us what that is like. He understands what this prep time is being used for, he knows what is coming for him. In this moment, Jesus shows his human side. He doesn't really want to live through this next part. But immediately after that, Jesus explains that he is here for the glory of the Father. Jesus knew what he was going to have to do. And then he did it. He laid his life down so he would become the perfect sacrifice for, her, for our sins. He laid his life down to become the perfect, blameless lamb that would stand in for us. He laid his life down so that when we believed in him, God would pass over us and pass over all the ways we had fallen short in this life. And I hope that's something you have. A belief in Jesus. A belief that he was God in the flesh on this earth. A belief that he lived the life he did. A belief that he sacrificed himself for us. And a belief that he came back from the dead and after some time went back into heaven. By believing that, we get to experience an eternity in heaven with Jesus. Not only that, we get to have the Holy Spirit living within us. We get to live a life existing as the intersection of heaven and earth. And through that, we get the opportunity to bring heaven to earth every single day. Now, that to confirm that belief that you have, I would like to lead you in a simple conversation with Jesus. We'd call it a prayer. So if you believe that or you want to start believing that, just go ahead and bow your head and I want to lead you in the conversation that you can have with Jesus right now. So just say something like this. Just say, Jesus I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Jesus, help me live every day with other people in mind. Jesus, help me lay my earthly life down and live in a way that serves others. Jesus, thank you for everything. And we pray all of these things in your holy and awesome name amen all right now before you go there are a few very important things i need to be sharing with you the first thing i want to talk about are our community groups now each and every week we have multiple groups meeting up all around our area and we want you to be a part of one and today i want to highlight two different groups the first group is called rise and shine. Now, every Thursday morning at 6 a.m., this ladies group will meet up at, the Woodlawn Lake, or at Woodlawn Lake for some walking and the opportunity to talk with one another about all the stuff that's going on in their lives. It's a perfect group for getting some exercise in while getting to know some of your fellow ladies here at Akul. Now, the other group we are highlighting this week is called the Good Samaritan Group. Now this group's goal is to be the hands and feet of Jesus by helping out in our community. Now what they do is they're going to meet up, pray, and then go do some work. Now this week what they have lined up is tree trimming and a ramp painting, or getting a ramp painted. So if this is something that you're interested in, or the Ladies' Walking Group is what you might fit in with, we would love for you to get connected to either one of these or really any of our groups that we have going on right now. If you are interested in joining one of these groups, go to akuo.church slash community to get signed up. Now I get it. This might not be like the exact group that you are interested in or, or might hit kind of the demographic that you fall in and that's okay, right? For, for me, I probably don't fit in with either one of these groups because I'm not very handy and I'm not a lady. So if you, want to be a part of a group but neither one of these really connect to you you can go to akuo.church community and get connected to one of our many groups that we have going on each and every week and i guys i say this every week because i know it's true joining one of these groups might be the best thing that you do while you're here at cool now the next thing i want to talk to you about is coming up in just a few weeks it's easter This year, Easter falls on Sunday, April the 17th, and we will be creating an event that we want you to invite all of your family and friends to. First, we're going to start church at 10 a.m. It's going to be a normal church service, and then afterwards, we will kick off our Easter egg hunt for the kids in our community. This year, we will be handing out more than 2,000 eggs filled with candy and all kinds of goodies. You'll also, when you get out there, you're gonna to wanna to be on the lookout for the golden egg because if you get that one, you'll be able to take home one of our prize baskets. Now, in addition to the egg hunt, we will have paletas, dulce, and the Easter bunny will be making an appearance for families to take pictures with him. Now, if you wanna help out with this, you can go to our website or our social media and get signed up to be a part of our Easter A-teams. We're gonna need help with a handful of different things. We're gonna need help uh, with the field, setting up the eggs, handing out paletas, taking pictures of the funny bo- at, the, at the bunny booth, or it could be a funny booth or, or the bunny booth, uh, stuffing candy into eggs and, and all kinds of different things. We would love for you to jump in and link to our community in this way. Now, the other thing that will be going on that I need to talk to you guys about today is happening the week after Easter we are going to be doing our second round of baptisms here at Akua. Now, some of you might be uh, like, Man, I missed out on my opportunity to get baptized the first time. This is going to be my time. That's awesome. And some of you might be like, Well, I was baptized as a baby. I'm good. However, here at Akua, what we do are called believer's baptisms because we want to encourage people to get baptized once they understand and believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins And by jumping in the water, you're just outwardly expressing that inner belief that you have. And normally, babies can't express that belief on their own. They don't have like the mental capacity. But you do. So if you are someone who just recently decided to believe, this would be an amazing thing for you to participate in. This would be a great next step for you in your faith walk. Or if you were baptized as a baby, but you want to stand up on your own and proclaim that you believe in Jesus, then you should get baptized here at Akuo Church in front of the community so we can all celebrate along with you. So if you are interested in this, you can go to our website and click on the sign up link or you can catch us on our social media and click on the link there. Now guys, the only reason we are able to do any of these things is because of you and the way that you are sacrificially generous. So really quick, I just want to thank you for that. Thank you so much for allowing all this work, all this work of God to happen in our community. Now, no matter how you're being sacrificially generous to the church, we want you to be listening to God to see how much he wants you to be giving. I don't think he's going to ask you to like give a year's salary, but definitely be listening to him to see what he wants you to give. If you aren't sure where to start, one of the many ways that you can express your generosity here at Akuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing which means giving a first root 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be a great place that you start. Now, some of you, sacrificial giving might not be a possibility for you right now, and that's okay. I get it. Things might be really tough for you and your family. Gas prices are going crazy. Everything is, is, is kind of weird right now. If things are tough for you right now, please allow us to help you out. Allow us to be linked to you during your tough time. If you need anything at all, please reach out to us. That's what the church exists for, is for us to be linked to you, helping you out during your tough times. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, Akuo.Church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can send us an email at help at or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way that you can do that is actually a few different ways first you can go to our website akuo.church now while you're there all you have to do is click on the giving link and then follow all the instructions that are given to you on the screen we also have our text to tithe option for that all you have to do is text akuo a k ouo and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977 Now, if you don't wanna give electronically, we also have our PO Box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. To do that, all you have to do is mail your sacrificially generous check to Kuo at PO Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas 78201. All right guys, that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate all of you And our team will be praying for you all week long, this week and for the rest of the year and for as long as we know you. So before we go, let me just pray over you one last time. Jesus, I I thank you for your name. I thank you for your sacrifice. I thank you for everything that you've done for us and continue to do for us. I pray that as, as we go forward, that you would remind each and every one of us to live in a sacrificial way to not be so worried about the things of this world, the things that are around us now, but to be focused on you and how we can help show you to the people around us. Thank you for everything, Jesus. We love you. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that I have for you this week. We will see you at a community group.